a Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Happy holidays, everybody. Welcome in to the Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and FlyRacing.com. Don't forget, Rocky Mountain ATV MC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, street bikes, all of those things. You've heard this read before, so you know where I'm going with this. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping. It's so, 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 so easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for all of us out there. Please, it's Christmas time. Go buy some stuff from RockyMountainATVMC.com. Please, it helps me. You can even go to RockyMountainATVMC.com backslash Kiefer Tested. There's a whole Kiefer Tested approved page. Go buy it, some stuff on there. So that way they can track it and help us out. They're coming back on board for 2018. So I would say some of that has to go to you guys out there because you're buying stuff. So I appreciate that. Also, fly racing, Christmas time. You know where I'm going with all of these right here, okay? It's Christmas. Go buy yourself some new gear. That's right, your own present. Or go give a gift of lovely, lovely boa reels and light hydrogen gear. My favorite this time of year. That's right. Thank you guys over at Fly Racing. They make all different kinds of stuff. I got some mountain bike shoes from Fly Racing, a whole spandex kit, um, helmets, boots, um, under protection. Just go check them out, flyracing.com. They've come a long way. Like I said, I told the stuff on the Pulp MX show. Um, such a Such a far, far cry from where they used to be. Their stuff is really good. Um, top three in my book. So, um, yeah, go to flyracing.com and check them out. Also, please, Rutted Racing, go follow them at Rutted Racing on Instagram. Check and see what they're doing. They're helping Tyler Bowers. They help this show out. Go buy some hoodies for your chick. It's cold outside. You don't want, you know what, to be uh, cutting some glass. So uh, <laughs> go over to ruttedracing.com. Go see what they have to offer. Clint and the guys over there are very cool people, and they're helping us, so let's go help them. Don't forget, ScreenPrintingDone.com. Also, Kiefer Hoodies. He made them up for me. You mentioned Kiefer. Get 10 free shirts when you order 12. It's easy. He just did a run of Kiefer uh, testing hoodies, and they are for sale. So you can hit up Heather at KieferInkTesting.com. But just hoodie questions, people. Don't be asking or anything else, all you pervs out there. All right? ScreenPrintingDone.com. Thank you guys for coming on. And we are back. I am sick. You can see this voice or hear this voice is horrible. So bad. Sinus infection, chest cold. We're going to push through it because I wanted to get you guys this podcast up. Because I'm telling you what, between suspension and Honda questions sent to my email, dude, I think I get... No lie, 30 emails about Hondas, Honda 450s specifically, 
and suspension settings. So I wanted to do a living with podcast about the 2018 CRF 450R, and that's what we're doing today. So we're going to talk about probably some of the things you've already heard for the 2017 edition, but I got some other special tidbits here for the 2018 guys out there. Um, just to get in the differences between the 2017 and 2018 bike. So the upper top, okay, so when you guys are looking at your mode, the top engine hangers, the mounts right there, those have changed. Spring rates have changed front and back. They've went up one spring rate in the fork and one up in the shock. And also electric start, you guys know that. So those improvements were made to the 2018 bike. And obviously they worked. Um, they are the winners of the 450, the 2018 450 shootout here at Kiefer Testing. They've won several other shootouts out there from media outlets. And from the looks of it, when I go to these tracks, I see a lot, a lot of red bikes. And once again, the emails that I get, a lot of red bike questions. So it's a good bike. Top three pick for me probably wouldn't win my personal pick of what I would go purchase first but and for those of you asking hey what would you purchase so of course Yamaha I don't care what you guys say I love that bike it's a great bike I just did a living with podcast on that so you guys can go listen in on that for all you blue people out there um, and also Orange Brigade I love that SXF um, hopefully I'll get to try the new factory edition here pretty soon and also the Honda. So those are my three picks. If I'm going to go purchase a motorcycle, those out of those three, that's what I'd spend my money on. So to me, that says something. I ride all the bikes. Those three bikes, I would actually invest some time and money into and beat the crap out of them. So um, for those of you asking me that, that's that. And <clears throat> we're going to dive right into it, okay? So you're going to have to bear with me on my voice, so I might clear my throat a little bit let me clear my throat um engine stock engine feel map one great great engine feeling i think map one is probably the best engine map for most tracks you guys out there putting on map three i don't even know if you guys need map three the aggressive mode in in most instances on the track i see you guys i'm in map three and i watch some of these guys ride and they're not ready for map three, okay? Just leave it on map one. It's a little broader. Yeah, it doesn't hit right off idle as good as map three, but you're going to get a little bit more traction. It's going to be easier to ride, and it's going to be broader through the mid to top end. So just try map one for a little while, and then when you guys get better on your technique and on the track, um, try map three. I don't use map two that often, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't think it works that great for me to go push number two on dry tracks. So I'm in between map one and map three. I did do a muffler shootout for you guys out there. You can guys can go back to my, you know, and go to the iTunes page, wherever you guys are listening, go to the podcast um, tab and scroll back and you'll see um, 2018 muffler shootout. I have been using, this is what I, is in my rotation. So whatever... Um, I tested in that shootout. This is what I've narrowed down that I've used. So I'm on, right now, I'm on a Yoshimura dual system that's on the bike right now. But I do go to the FMF single because I do like bottom end. I hit up Paris the other day and I put the FMF single on. 
dude, it is so good. Like it, it hits so hard, but yet it helps me roll my corners better in third gear. So I really like that single. Yeah, it is kind of monstrosity sticking out there, but if you guys are looking for more bottom to mid range, and not a bottom to mid range where you're like, oh my god, not not the not a 2003 YZ Yamaha 450 um, hit. Okay, you don't need a flywheel weight when you put this sucker on, but it just makes it really connected and hit really hard and crisp. And I like that. It doesn't pull as hard on top end as the Yoshimira, but I do like this single. You will get a little bit of uh, weight loss with the single. Not as much in previous year, not in the previous year they had one because uh, the mounting system that they have is kind of beefy. So they needed to put that on there to make it reliable. Um, but just for the simple fact of having a single and getting some more bottom to mid, I do like that. So I've been switching my time between the FMF single 4.1 and the Yoshimira RS9 titanium version. I do have an FMF dual system here, but it's damn, damn close to the Yoshimira, almost identical in a lot of ways, after I had some more time on it. And they're just a little louder than what my ears like, so that's the reason why I'm going to the Yoshimira system um, for the duels. But the single FMF is not that loud, it's not as loud as the duels, so go figure, I have no idea. So that's what I'm putting on the exhaust. Um, for you guys out there, what, you know, what gas are you running, what should I run? I've answered a bunch of these questions as well. Stay away from VPU 4.4. It's dirty fuel. Um, they had a U4 and then they went to 4.4. Still, I don't like it. It gums up valves, injectors. So if you guys are running it one time and then you're draining it, then that's something different. But if, to me, you guys are buying this fuel, you're not going to go drain your tank every time you go home. So stay away from 4.4, okay? I know it's easy to get. Uh, and you guys get that because it's not as expensive as some others, which I understand. So if you're not going to run pump gas, you know, super unleaded's fine for this bike. Get T4E. T4E. VP makes it. It's a pump replacement fuel. You'll get a little bit of extra horsepower. Not drastic, but if you're looking for a little cleaner burning fuel, get a little bit more throttle response and bottom end, that's what I'm on. It's available. It's not on their website, so don't freak out. I don't see it on the website. I don't see it on the website. Well, I've asked the VP guys, and honestly, they don't even know why it's not on there. So hopefully they'll change that, put it on there. And I know local shops, if they don't have it, they can get it. So ask your dealerships, hey, I need some T4E, and the guy's going to look at you like, oh, uh, T4? You're going to go, no, bro, T4E. Well, it's not on the, the site. I know, bro. Just tell them. Call the VP guys, they know. T4E, that's the gas. Clutch in the in the engine, you guys know the stock clutch with the judder spring is not life. It is not even close to as good as obviously a, a KTM or a Yamaha clutch. I go through stock clutches eight hour, eight to 10 hours on this Honda. And last year I've broken clutch plates. In 2018, I haven't had that problem. I haven't broken any clutch plates. So any engine problems in 2018, I haven't had one yet. So I also get emails saying, oh, this guy broke a rod, or da-da-da-da-da. I haven't had any problems. So, And I have 
almost 36 hours on this bike already. It came with eight hours on it already. So I put damn near 30 hours on this bike and no engine trouble as of yet. So I will update you all when I do a 50 hour living with, but since this is such a high demand motorcycle, I wanted to get this out to you. Henson eight plate clutch system, expensive. I understand everything I talk to you guys about. It's expensive. It's a thousand bucks for the whole thing. You don't need the inner and the pressure plate. You can just buy the, the basket, the eight plate basket. Okay and get the clutch plate so you can run on eight plates. Um, you don't need the whole system. I put the whole thing in there. The life of the clutch, okay, let me tell you this, has gone up dramatically. I put this sucker in at the beginning when I first got this bike, and I'm up to damn near um, 18 hours on the clutch, and I'm not slipping one yet. People say, I can't believe you go through clutches so quick. I just, I'm not a clutcher coming out of the corners. I don't but I ride the clutch to monitor my power, so if I'm wheeling in, I slip the clutch a little bit to keep the front end down. That's how, or maybe I shouldn't say how, that's how I ride. I'm not saying you should ride like that, but if you want to go fast and you don't want to let off the throttle, sometimes you got to slip the clutch to bring that front end down. So that's how I ride. The Henson 8-plate system doesn't really firm up the clutch feel. Honda already has a borderline hard clutch feeling pull-in action feel. I put on a works connection lever and a perch. That helps a little bit. Keeping a fresh clutch cable on helps as well. I know Ride Engineering over the guy, um, Adrian over at Ride Engineering, he has a bracket that helps um, create, um, prevent flex um, where the cable is mounted um, to the clutch arm. So you can call um, Adrian over at Ride Engineering and look for that. And that helps a little bit, but you're never going to get a buttery, buttery smooth clutch pull from a Honda CRF 450. You can make it a little bit better, but it's not going to be as smooth or buttery as a KX450. Even them, even the Cowie guys um, said, yeah, we haven't really changed anything up there in a, quite a long time. But with that judder spring, then you put the eight-plate system in, it, it just not the pull that I'm looking for. I'm looking for a lighter pull. So um, for those of you out there asking me, ah, Kiefer, does the eight plate firm up the feel of the lever? No, just make sure you lube your cable or replace your cable. You can go get that bracket over at Ride Engineering. That helps a little bit. And put a works connection perch on, and that helps a little bit as well. So overall, I think uh, those things improve it slightly. But the clutch... Pack Henson eight plate system. Probably, I would say, oh man, number one or number two modification needs to be done to this bike. The clutch, no good. That no good stock. All right, so just accept that. If you're a novice rider and not hard, on the, I got a buddy that is not hard on the clutch. He says he can go twenty hours and his clutch plates look clean. So there's those kind of people out there, but intermediate riders up to expert riders or heavier riders or if you ride sand you're going to need a better system to get in there so you can try a Henson um, eight plate system you also can take your judder spring out and just put a fiber in there to replace it I've done that um, 
but I prefer just having the whole system in there because the lifespan of my clutch gets longer. Just replacing that judder spring with an extra plate didn't get me any more lifespan out of the clutch. So just for just for your guys' information out there. <clears throat> now, going to the suspension, the stock suspension is improved for 18. Not as soft, not as pitchy as a 2017. People ask me, Kiefer, uh, I got a deal on a 2017 that's $1,500 less than a 2018. Should I do it? I say, yes, do it. Get a 2017, get the 2018 engine hangers. And just for that, I forgot about this too. People ask me, hey, Kiefer, is it the RX hangers or the 2018 hangers? Honda doesn't market the new 2018 CRF 450R hanger as an RX, okay? But rest assured, it is the same, okay? An RX hanger and the new 2018 hanger are the same, same. Maybe not same part number, but same, same, okay? Just for the, you guys out there that want to know. I say yes, get the 17, put some springs in it. Electric start, that's up to you guys. Some of you guys, that's important. Some not. Some guys say, I don't really need it. So there you go. Save yourself some money. Buy the hangers. Put some springs in. Boom. 2018 bike. No problems. So the suspension is better. Less pitching with the heavier springs. Uh, I even go a little bit stiffer with the stock settings. I went too stiffer on the fork and even too, too slower on the rebound to kind of settle that front end down. Stock fork height five millimeters i'm not fond of that fork height i go flush to two millimeters so with this 2018 try running flush and then if you don't like it you still want some more cornering front end bite put it up at two millimeters okay that's for the stock stuff i'm going to get to this race tech gold valve stuff that i've been trying that's i've been i can't even believe how good it is well we'll get to that so anyway too stiffer, too slower on the fork, flush to two millimeter on the height, okay? Your sag needs to be, I'm telling you guys, as finicky as this bike is, you need to have the correct sag setting. Please check your sag. Don't just check it once. Check it once every other week, okay? If it's off two millimeters, the bike's completely different. So 107 is a very, very good sag setting for every type of rider and all types of weight okay 107 millimeters trust me out of all the bikes that i have ridden you guys think i ride yamaha or cowie or ktm the most probably overall time i've spent more time on a honda than any other bike so trust me on 107 sag i go in one quarter stiffer on the high speed on the shock for stock set for stock stuff okay quarter turn i'm 172 pounds i need that in stroke to have some more feel because i feel the stock still is a little bit empty in the dampening part department even with the heavier spring so give yourself a quarter turn on the high speed in go one to two stiffer on your low speed compression and slow your rebound down too that just kind of settles the whole bike down okay and you'll be able to corner good it bites nice in the front end. You'll have good rear-wheel traction on exits. It won't get that much chatter. It won't feel harsh. It won't skip out. So that's a good setting. I'm fairly happy with that, with the stock stuff. But then I had some 
a kit Showa stuff laying around. I gave it to Racetech because I haven't used Racetech in, I'm telling you guys, I haven't used Racetech in 10 to 15 years. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't too fond of the stuff back then. I wasn't pumped on gold valves, right? Just felt soft and mushy, and I was like, meh, not into it. I need some more firmness. I need firmer feel. I need more dampening feel. So I ran into a guy at Racetech, and he says, hey, his name was Rob. He's been there for a while. I've heard good things about Rob from other riders that had no business to, to talk good about the company on, on in a private conversation. So... I gave them a chance. I sent my Showa A-Kit stuff over there. I go, hey, valve it for me. I'm going to go test it, and I'm going to give you some honest feedback, guys. Like, no bullshit. If it's crap, I'm going to come back and tell you. They're like, yep, no problem. We're confident. And Rob took about a week to do my stuff. I went out riding. I went to Glen Helen, rode the stock stuff with my settings I just told you. I slapped the Racetech um, fork and shock on. Same thing, had the fork height at Flush at Glen Helen, SAG at 107. Clickers were set where, you know, where they recommended the settings. And I went out, and honestly, within two laps, I couldn't believe how much more comfort I had in both ends on this Honda. I complain about the Honda chassis sometimes, about it being a little bit rigid and harsh feeling. Well... The A-kit suspension that Showa sells is not that drastically different when you buy it than the stuff that you have on your bike right now. So there are some internal parts that are a little bit different. Coatings are a little bit different. The shock shaft on the Showa A-kit shock is 18 millimeters instead of 16, so it's a little bit thicker. I was worried about, oh, getting more rigidity from the rear end, from the pivot bolt back. Well... Pleasantly surprised with race tech stuff, guys. I honestly couldn't believe it because I, I as a test rider, you got to kind of free your mind and and uh, open your eyes and and not judge before you get your stuff. Well, I was kind of judgy, guys. I was kind of like, oh shit, here we go. I'm gonna put it on. It's gonna feel like shit. Nope, felt great. The fork had more front end traction. Didn't deflect. Honestly, felt less harshness coming from the bike versus the stock stuff, which is rare because I have a bigger shock shaft with this A-kit stuff. Acceleration out of corners. This suspension, I have, I let another guy, which not to be um, known out there, but he tests for um, a couple other people. He rode the bike. He couldn't even believe how good um, the rear wheel traction was. I, I've had this A-kit stuff valve from um, Showa themselves. And wasn't really happy with any of the settings. I went through two or three settings. Racetech did it. One time, I was like, holy crap. I couldn't believe how good the setting was. So, for those of you guys skeptical about Racetech stuff, I get it. I was there with you. Um, if you haven't used them in a few years, and you want your stuff done, and you're looking to get your stuff done, try Racetech. I'm, I was so blown away. They're like, hey, and to be transparent with you guys, they wanted to come on and advertise. And I said, no, let me try your stuff first to make sure it's good because I don't have any advertisers on my show that I don't believe in. If I believe in you, then maybe we can work together and do some advertising. 
So that's how it was with Racetech. I said, now nah, pump the brakes. I want to ride the stuff first to make sure it's good because I don't want to be telling all you guys out there that it's good and it turns into shit. So I rode it, came back to Chris and Rob and said, hey, I'm impressed. Let's try to work something out for some advertising. And uh, they're like, well, just ride it a little bit more and see if you're still cool with it. So I did. And uh, I've been on it for, I don't know, a month. been riding five different tracks and the settings have all remained the same. The bike doesn't feel drastically different from track to track. So I don't I don't really attribute that to the A-Kit stuff as much as I attribute it to what Racetech did inside. And I can't tell you exactly what they did, okay? I know they used the gold valve system. I don't know what they changed, but I do know that it works, and that's what I care about when I ride on the track. So impressed with that stuff. Again, 107 sag. No matter what you have, A-Kid or stock is a good number. I had a one millimeter long ride engineering link on there with the stock stuff, which helps settle the rear end down on D-cell off throttle. It didn't have this kick that I got a little bit with the stock shock and the stock link. So the ride engineering link does help. I took the ride engineering link off when I put the A-Kit stuff on just to have a baseline. And I'm, I haven't even put it on yet, guys. I haven't even put the link back on. So um, that's how I feel about that shock that Racetech did for me. So very good shock. Um, thank you guys for um, for doing it. And sorry I doubted you. <laughs> um, but I guess Rob kind of changed things over there. And so far, so good on what I'm going to do um, for the Honda. I'm going to have him do a couple other bikes to see if it is as good. And, of course, I will relay that information back to you guys and be honest and tell you if it's good or not. So all the companies I work with that come on this show, they know that's the risk you take. If it's shitty, it's going to be known. Uh, advertising dollars or not, I want my my listeners out there to know, like, hey, it's it's worth spending your money or it's not. So in this case, the Honda and the Racetech stuff, it's it's worth spending the money. So, all right, moving on, enough of that. The chassis, I've tried some X-Trigs, uh, doesn't really change the character of the bike, which to me is good. Sometimes when you put clamps on, it gets, you know, more rigid. The X-Trig clamps, X-Trig, sorry, clamps, 22 millimeter offset. They sell two different kinds. They have the rocks and they have another kind. And I, I'm spacing out right now what, what it's called, but there's a fixed version of the rocks which is like if you want a 22 you just get that it doesn't adjust or you can get the ones that I have where you get a you can get a 24 or a 22 you can swap them out or 22 to 20 so I would recommend leaving them at 22 millimeter offset if you're going to go with the clamp and X-Trigs are good because they don't add rigidity they look cool that's the only reason why I would put them on otherwise stock clamps are good fellas there's nothing wrong with stock clamps you know, I love the guys over at X-Trig, and I love Adrian over at Ride Engineering, but honestly, stock clamps are just fine. I don't know, uh, unless you want to bling your bike out, you know, there's really no need to get clamps other than uh, to have a little bit different rigidity balance if you want to increase rigidity, which I don't recommend on this bike, um, or decrease, which X-Trigs or Ride Engineering clamps do not do. So... Um, they do look bitchin'. They do have a bunch of bar position that you can choose from on their PDHS bar mount system, which is cool. 
They offer good flex if you guys out there that love twin walls, that want that twin wall feel, but yet get some flex. The PDHS mounts are very bitchin'. Very bitchin', that's a word. <laughs> but uh, I use a fat bar on on the bike I have right now with Adrian's Ride Engineering has a clamp. I'm sorry, Ride Engineering has a mount, a bar mount, that goes on to your stock clamp, okay? Provides good flex. It's rubber mounted still, but I use the Fat Bar 827 bend, and I cut them 5 millimeters, 2.5 on each side. I like that. I like that bar bend. I do use Pro Taper from time to time on a Honda, but I try to stick with Renthal when I am doing this test. So Fat Bar 827 bend, cut them 5 millimeters, 2.5 on each side, run half waffle, soft or medium Renthal grips, good to go. Works Connection, I told you about all the knickknacks that they sell. I have them on this bike. They have uh, red oil filler plugs. They have a skid plate now that's bitchin', that's plastic that I like. It's not a nightmare to uh, take on and off like the stock one is. And also they have this bitchin', uh, you know, if you guys are changing your oil, they have this little tube that you can lean your bike over, screw it in, and then push your bike back and it just kind of funnels down into your oil catch pan versus spraying it everywhere like a insane chick on prom night, right? So um, <laughs> how I put it, and this is going to sound crazy, is you know when men pee, it pees in a stream and we have a nice stream, right? When you see women pee, it, it's not even a stream. It's like all over the place. You're like, what in the heck? It's like, pew, 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 it's going all over. So that's what the stock, when you just take your, your oil filler plug out of your stock Honda, it's like a woman's pee. It's all over the place. You have this little easy um, works connection filler, or I'm sorry, um, spout that they sell. You, you screw it in. It's like a man's unit. It just pisses really straight and nice. So don't get oil over the place. It's easy to do. So check that out. You can go to Works Connection and, and look at that stuff. And as far as tips, coolant is important to check on this bike. Coolant level, it runs through coolant. If you guys are riding sand tracks or getting it hot, check your coolant every single time. Okay? I've went out and did a 30-minute moto. It's down to the coils. Check the coolant. Top it off. I use Twin Air Ice Flow coolant. Does it work better? Hmm. Uh, it works pretty damn good. I'm not burning as much coolant. My bike hasn't overheated, so I'm sticking with it. Uh, I do not know about Honda's chemicals. I've used some of them in the past. I use Honda um, engine oil. Pretty good. Um, but I stick with Twin Air Ice Flow. Tires. I've been on the Dunlop MX3S kick. I just tried Bridgestone X20s. I'm almost a fan. I'm getting there. I'm going to do a podcast about that too, but X30, didn't like them. X20, soft tire compound for soft to intermediate terrain. I like that front tire, X20. So you guys are at your dealers, Bridgestone. Rear's okay. X20 rear's okay. I still like a 3S rear, but the X20 front, I do like a lot. You get a lot of front end bite. So um, those are the tires I've been trying. You off-road guys out there, hey, the the R has uh, different hangers. Do I still drill holes in my top mounts? Well, yeah, you still can because 
the off-road team out here, the JCR team, they still drill four millimeter holes through the middle of their top mounts to get more flex. You guys can do that. I still feel for moto, it's too much. So with this new 2018 mount, I don't drill the holes through the middle, but for off-road, you may look into that. Fuel tank bolts, I do still take those out. Um, the bottom two that are underneath your seat, I remove those out. It does help a little bit. Some people that have tried it that I've told to try it, notice it, some do not. So it's really easy to do, really easy to try. If you guys notice it, you know, do it. And you guys like it, keep it keep it out. It's not gonna affect your gas tank from, from moving. It's not gonna do anything, so don't stress about it. Uh, make sure you do it on a rough day where it's choppy and you know, lots of braking bumps. Otherwise, you're not gonna notice anything when it's smooth. So everything's gonna feel great when it's smooth. And torque specs, okay? It's important to use the manual for torque specs for this bike, but when it comes to your pivot bolt, you can back it down up to five foot pounds, okay? I try in two pound increments. I go two pounds less, see if you can feel it. Three pounds right now, I'm at four pounds less than stock um, recommendation. It helps make the rear end follow the ground better. And if you guys are on stock suspension, this will help the harshness coming out of a choppy corner, okay? To me, just the difference when I go back to back, I come out of a corner, there's some few square edge chop, I get a skip, skip, traction. Well, with the swing arm pivot loosened just slightly, and you guys can call bullshit if you want, but go try it for yourself. You come out of the corner, instead of, instead of a skip, skip traction, I get skip traction. So that's how I can explain it to you guys on the radio. It's like the extra skip is gone, and it, the bike is squatting and getting forward momentum sooner than with the OEM torque spec. I know you guys, some of you guys that say, ah, it's crazy how you can feel all this stuff. It's what I've been doing for so long, so it's super easy for me to feel this kind of stuff. We have blind testing all the time. They don't tell me what they do. And I would say 90% of the time, I can kind of pick it apart and know where they're at, you know, know what they're changing on the bike. So trust me on this, guys. It does work. So if your buddies are saying you're full of shit, just go try it for yourself. And then if it doesn't work, get back to me. Hit me up at chris at keyforinktesting.com and say, Chris, you're full of shit. I didn't feel it, but I can almost guarantee you guys can feel the torque spec difference if you loosen just a little bit on the pivot bolt, okay? Uh, and also to run your chain back a little bit and your, your chain adjuster bolts back where they come stock, maybe when the chain stretches out, you can run them back, I would say, two to three millimeters further back in the in the swing arm and the adjuster a little bit further rearward this helps the bike obviously stay planted more stable and it doesn't affect the cornering you can if you guys run your rear tire back a little bit and you're on a flush fork height you can go up two millimeter on your fork and kind of balance all that out so little things you can pay attention to that really makes a difference again this bike is finicky with setup but once you set it up, it's a very, very good machine. There's a reason why it's winning shootouts. Like I said, I don't think all shootouts are bullshit. Some guys are doing them really good. I hope you guys liked our shootout. I'm getting a lot of great feedback. 
and looking forward to our off-road one that they're going to have at the end of January. So be on the look for that. I'm going to do one more show next week, guys, and that will be the gear shootout, and then I'm taking the rest of the year off. I need a vacation, okay? I'm sick. I'm going to go ride dirt bikes and then not talk about them and just go have fun. We're going to have a Christmas Eve trail ride with a bunch of high desert rats that we do annually. That'll be super fun. But hopefully the podcast I have done for you guys this year have made a difference, passes the time or whatever it is that it is done done for you. I hope it helps you um, be a better rider and get to know the sport a little bit more. And that's my goal here. And like I said, we're always transparent. You have any questions, again, you can always hit me up at chris at keyfrinktesting.com. I'm not going to answer emails that much during the holiday break, Christmas and New Year's. So if you do send me one, just know I am on vacay. All right? And for those of you guys who want a hoodie, hit up heather at keyfrinktesting.com. We still have hoodies available. 35 bucks Christmas special. We'll get them to you anywhere in the USA, along with some sticker packs. No, we're not going to show Heather's boobs. You're not getting a picture of Heather's boobs. I'm sorry. We're not doing that. I've got asked that. So for those of you guys wondering, why is he saying that? I've got asked it. Dudes are gnarly. Dudes are crazy. Asking for boob pics. Come on. You know that's not going to happen unless I get some first. <laughs> Just kidding. You're not getting any. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the 2018 CRF 450 podcast living with the Honda. 36 hours almost on this thing. Been a good bike. Still going to ride the shit out of it. We'll get back to you after 50 hours and give you some more tidbits, give you some information about what breaks, what's going on, if anything else is better for it. I'm going to try some more stuff. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening.